But I think once you quit hearing sir and ma'am, rest is soon to follow. Oh, it's the tide. It's the dismal tide. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the dismal tide. For you new listeners tuning in for Ben, we are an often sidetracked, libelous sports gossip and culture podcast. My name is Brendan. I'm coming uh, to you from the... Oh. Oh, see, you paused there. I thought that was where I was coming in. I don't know why you interrupted me. I've been sitting on remarking on your shark. My name is Brendan, and I'm coming to you from the capital of Burlington County, Mount Holly, New Jersey. I'm joined, as always, I'd like to embarrass Mike with this part. I'm joined, as always, by by the killer of Kings County, the brawler from Brooklyn. I don't like that. Mike Johnson. Hello. Hello. And uh, today, I'm going to interrupt you again. Today, we're joined by the managing editor of Once a Metro and co-host of the View from 202 podcast, um, both of which are focused on the New York Red Bulls. Uh, welcome to the show, Ben Cork. Hello. Hello, gentlemen. Thank you for thank you for having me on. Oh, absolutely. Thank you for joining yeah. us. And I just got to say, uh, for the record, um, that's, that's the best that I can do there. Um, I will not be talking for the rest of the show. That was pretty professional, I think, as as uh, your uh, typical intro standards generally go. Um, that was that was good, and also, but uh, uh, it's not really the, the capital of Burlington County; it's the county seat. It, uh, it's functionally the same, but <laughs> so um, Ben, I was going to begin by asking you our uh, my prompt question. Um, what is the most condescending reference to MLS you can remember in any mainstream sports coverage? Ooh, geez, really gonna have to kind of kind of pick my pick my spot here because there's a lot to choose. Yeah, um, I guess I guess I could just like uh, before honing in on anything specific, I guess I can kind of say that um, things things that involve MLS uh, kind of like crossing over with other sports kind of irks me and kind of feels sort of uh, demeaning and condescending. Like there's become kind of a trend in recent years with MLS of like um, having like NBA and NFL players like uh, get so, so, so to speak ownership roles in teams. And it's just like, kind of like a, you know, just kind of a, a magnet for getting like kind of cheap puff pieces and stuff like that. And I, I, yeah, that, that stuff kind of irks me, I guess, but man, like most, most condescending just in, in general media. Um, I'm, I'm thinking, I'm thinking back. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, 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 I guess it's just like, it's an embarrassment of riches that I can't really what, hone in on. I think what, so. you have yeah, one Mike. Well, what I was hoping to find, because I thought about that uh, the other week, because uh, as as I've talked about in the past, um, when uh, uh, the first time Mike Greenberg heard the name Pepe Reina and said that it sounds uh, it sounds like a dog's name, and I'm just like, I gotta find Mike Greenberg talking about MLS. I'm like, he there must have been at some point, but unfortunately, it's very difficult to come by. <laughs> One, as, uh, yeah, go ahead. There's just uh, uh, there's there's too much Mike Greenberg content, and it's hard to find any of it specifically. <laughs> oh, I can yeah, I can I can imagine, especially yeah, when it's. That, that's like kind of like a perfect kind of valley with him where it's like the kind of show where it's like, uh, you know, popular enough and like known enough that people talk about it and like weird stuff gets said on it, but doesn't have like a rabid following that would have like archives of, of footage on Mike Greenberg. Yeah, no but, one. No one's that passionate. There's there's not a yeah. uh, uh, there's not a get up like wiki 
that uh, people are just updating the way that they would if it were, say, like, you know, 30 Rock. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> there's, not there's not an episode guide for every episode of Get Up. Yeah, the, the, there might be like a Mike Greenberg, uh, like gift shop or whatever online, but it's only like, you know, four items or something. But uh, oh, but like one, I didn't one even thing consider there might be a Mike Greenberg shop. I'm going <laughs> to. Uh, but the, like one one thing from that genre that you could maybe that I that I could think of recently is um, Mike Francesa doing a uh, like being being solicited to do a uh, like uh, New York Derby MLS promo where it was you know Red Bulls against NYCFC oh. and just like stopping in the middle of it and saying like is is this lacrosse or something like what who who was this like you know obviously that, mangling that's... like you know like the the new the new city York soccer team versus, you know, and that that's kind of the, he, he's the gist the of it. Ideal candidate for that sort of thing, because he just can't believe that they're wasting his time with it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It is just, just offended of just the sheer existence. Yeah. It, he, um, not, not even he, trying to like feign, like, you know, just a fake condescending, you know, interest in it, but just, you know, I, I, I reject this. Well, yeah, you know, it's it's beneath him. You know, it's yeah. uh, it's there. There's been other things where it's a difficult position to be him because, like, you have to pretend to be the uh, an a actual expert on everything. So, uh, but MLS is not popular enough that you have to even pretend. You can just say, "Who cares?" With yeah, uh, exactly. with, with if you're him. So, uh, but like, I remember uh. One of the times he famously got caught up was someone called to ask him about like what how he thought the head coach of Syracuse football was doing, and he didn't recognize the name, and he yelled at the guy for like trying to do a joke. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I can but, I can only imagine if what somebody like if somebody tried to call into him and then ask him what he thinks about like promotion relegation or something like that. That that, know, that yeah, just even asking him if he knew what it was like promotion exactly. relegation in Europe or just like, Hey, do you understand like allocation money in MLS? Yeah. <laughs> Are you joking with me? Are you fucking with me? Get off the line. These, yeah. these pranksters calling into my show. Yeah. Even if for, I wonder how far you could even get into a question about targeted allocation money before he, before you got hung up on. <laughs> I was listening to the most recent one of your uh, podcasts. I like to try and if, if my guests on a podcast to try and squeeze at least one of them in only oh, fair. Man, well, God, only God fair. bless you for, for enduring it. But um, and, and I, I am a Red Bulls fan, but I am, I'm not like a diehard in mm. any, in any. Uh, so, so like their GM, does he get it? Does he understand all the target allocation stuff? Because the way you talked about him, it was like he's still learning this stuff, right? Yeah. So the the Red Bulls are kind of in an interesting spot, uh, kind of leadership wise, because they sort of they they basically brought in they didn't fire the old GM. They basically brought in a new GM with a higher position than the old one uh, who stayed in. Basically, Kevin Kevin Thelwell, who's the new GM who was with uh, um, Wolverhampton Wanderers of the Premier League previously, um, he was hired as the quote-unquote head of sport, while the previous sporting director, uh, Dennis Hamlet, um, remained in his position. And the way it's been kind of explained ever since is that Hamlet has remained in to basically hold Thelwell's hand through all of the completely business yeah. you know mls 
web of MLS roster rules. And it's it actually we're going to kind of see the proof in the pudding in the next week when we find out uh, roster compliance with the season starting next weekend, because it seems like the Red Bulls may or may not have too many international players or uh, there's there's certain players on the team who uh, you may have heard have just escaped to Saudi Arabia in the last few months and may or may not still count towards the no. roster. Yeah, that's it's it's been a strange year for for the whole world, but especially the Red Bulls. Um, and uh, and yeah, the uh, can you explain that escape to Saudi Arabia? Are they just playing in the Saudi <laughs> league? So yeah, so uh, the to to add yet another sidebar to the to endless sidebar that is New York Red <laughs> Bulls history. Um, the uh, the early part of the off season was marked by Kaku or known by his government name, uh, Alejandro Romero Gamara, um, who is, uh, was kind of the biggest signing in Red Bulls history three years ago. Uh, he was signed for $6 million transfer fee from Huracan of the Argentine league and was a pretty, you know, pretty, pretty hot player for us for a little bit before kind of cooling off when, you know, the team's form suffered the last couple of years. Anyway, basically he escaped more or less uh he 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 and his agents concocted a plan to leave the red bulls this offseason even though the red bulls had exercised a contract extension uh they had a one-year option to extend his contract which they exercised but uh kaku and his agents claimed that they did not email the proper (laughs) agent listed on his contract that kicks um, ass i love that, that, that yeah, we, really didn't, we didn't get the email i didn't yeah, I wasn't exactly had, it's like prove that he didn't get the email li- literally claimed that they didn't that the they didn't send the email to the right person um and then he went to he tried to sign with a couple of mexican league teams who sort of backed out of it because they thought uh we might get sued if we sign you like, uh, you know, kind of, kind of bad news. We don't really take your end of the story that, that well. And then he ends up going to Saudi Arabia with this club, Al Tawoon, who offers him like quadruples his salary, um, huge signing bonus and all that. Um, and he just starts playing. He just hits the field. He scored like three goals in the last couple months. Then last weekend, uh, the so basically yeah i to to keep adding little they went to arbitration right yeah exactly went to went to arbitration between the between the red bulls and mls and the players union who had backed kaku up on all of this and (laughs) he didn't get the email he didn't and basically the arbitrator said that no he he you got the email that that dennis (laughs) hamlet knew how to send an email um he he you know he didn't he didn't need to ask you know his grandson how to send pdf he <laughs> he did he did it correctly and uh now the big question is what happens next um i, I kind of wrote about that for once a metro earlier this week that uh nobody really knows because it was just kind of a a league um arbitration ruling uh so now it probably goes to fifa or um, the you know the international arbitration court 
uh, it's highly doubtful that Kaku will just, you know, be put on a plane back to Jersey. Um, so he's going to be captured by Interpol and brought back to Harrison. That's what I, some people seem to think what was going to happen when that <laughs> ruling came down. I but. like to think that Kaku's out in Saudi Arabia living out like a romantic comedy movie. And it's just like this storm lingering over his head that he's going to get dragged off to New Jersey to have to play soccer again. But he's out yeah. there in Saudi Arabia and he's in love. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, yeah, and he's going to, yeah, it's going to be, yeah, like a hidden identity, like roaming through the desert to, um, to avoid uh, being sent back to the, to the gulag in, in Harrison. That is but, like an uh, incredibly MLS sounding thing where it's just like, we can't, we can't even drag this guy kicking and screaming. We're paying him and we can't, we can't well, get him it's, back. It's kind of, it's kind of the most escalated one. Cause this has happened with a few MLS guys in recent years. Um, there was, there was Kyle Laren who was from Orlando city and Camilo Zanvezo, who was a Brazilian player with Vancouver a few years back who both did kind of this same scheme with, you know, saying, you know, contract extensions aren't real essentially and uh <laughs> basically you know just you know just rolling up pulling up in some other uh club overseas and mls not really being able to do about anything about it except um those times they kind of did threats with lawyers to get kind of small transfer fees out before it got too messy this time the you know the the saudi club you know has stood their ground and yeah it could be going to fifa fifa is kind of like on, on you know on on both you know contracts and salary caps and a lot of different matters fifa has kind of looked the other way on a lot of things that mls does because they you know they want to you know you know just kind of grease the skids for for soccer to become you know commercially viable in america so to speak but um you know this could be an area where they kind of have to you know choose choose how far they want to take that so um yeah it'll be interesting to see but um, you know, at, at the early part of this, it was kind of, you know, an, obviously an, an embarrassing kind of strange thing for the Red Bulls. But as the offseason's gone on and the Red Bulls have kind of, uh, you know, overhauled the roster and added some new pieces and this this latest ruling um, last week, it's kind of, you know, tipped the scales a little bit more to a sense where we we kind of feel like, uh, you know, we've moved on from that. And, um, you know, Kaku, Kaku was a great player when he's in form, but, you know, if a guy doesn't want to be here, only so much you can do about that. Right. You can't just like you play now. Yeah. yeah. Dra dragging him back. I can't I, I can't imagine would go especially well. How would you two adjudicate this? I think I, I think I know how I I think how I, I know how I would rule. Um, I, I think what it would come down to is they're basically like uh, the, the way we're not going to get him back in the country. Right. And it, they're just going to be entitled. Like Red Bulls are just going to be entitled to compensation from uh, his Saudi team is just that's probably what free, it's going to come right? down to. Um, I would imagine. Um, they could just be really dastardly and loan him somewhere. Just incredibly undesirable, you know, just, just, uh, um send him send him to some either send him to some like you know pdl club here in the u.s make him play for you know like a like a semi-pro team in in alabama or you can send him to you know like one of those like chechnyan clubs you know where <laughs> where there's like a tank on the field and stuff like that uh it, it's also uh funny that you mentioned uh clubs not wanting to sign him because of getting sued considering that uh you were talking about it uh 
in the last episode of View from 202 about Andrew Gutman and talking about him going to Celtic and then just saying, well, we don't really know if we can sign you because we might get sued. Then no one knows exactly. what to, no one knows what to do with American contracts in other countries. Right. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, and it's, it's something like people, it's something that people kind of get twisted sometimes about um, how MLS operates and how the Red Bulls operate, you know, specifically sometimes where, um, you know, sometimes it, it feels a little like kind of cumbersome and that it's, it's difficult to get deals done and stuff like that. But then, yeah, you think about incidents like that and um, just how much, how much due diligence and stuff goes into, you know, not, not just any soccer transfer, but especially a soccer transfer between two countries with different laws and currencies and all that kind of stuff. You know, it's, it's, it's complicated stuff and sometimes really, really weird shit can happen. I, uh, yeah, I'm trying to think of, um, well, I, I, the only thing I can think of recently that went to court of arbitration for sport was, um, was what was going to be Manchester city's ban from, uh, the champions league, yeah. which was going to be two years. And then they just decided to make it zero. I, th I think they might've just gotten fined, which the, I'm, I'm sure they don't mind. Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. Yeah. I mean, they, 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 these, it's, it's not something that you would, even if it goes all the way and keeps escalating, you don't think uh, that, yeah, court of arbitration or FIFA would, would want to pull, pull the hammer down too hard either way. It's the, the FIFA board body that would take it up is like notorious for taking just years to to do things. So Kaku will probably be Kaku will be retired, uh, you know, living, you know, uh, coaching in like Malaysia or something by the time any any fee is passed over. So, well, it, you know, it it'll still it'll it'll be an, an emotional win for fans. No f final uh, vindication, and that the email was sent, and that <laughs> in his forties he will be brought back. And then he will have to take an assistant job here. He's gonna get like a documentary, and he's just, in the documentary, he's gonna be like, you know what? It, I did get that email. I'm <laughs> yeah. There's um, gonna be there's gonna be like home movie footage of <laughs> him with his family at Christmas, and he's just like, oh, I got just got this email with the contract. Accepted. Very very much like found cell phone footage of him like clearly scrolling through his phone on the day <laughs> yeah. of. Yeah. <laughs> uh, also, uh, something that I wanted to ask your opinion on when it comes to uh fan culture is on the mls subreddit um there have always been the ratings threads on monday mornings mm -hmm. where everyone uh pours over all of uh the the ratings for whatever the uh fox or espn games were and then talks about what went wrong <laughs> how how we can do better yeah and <laughs> um and I, I, I've found that there, uh, uh, no consensus has ever been made, as best I can tell. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, uh, the, there's uh, a lot of different theories, I guess, on on how to improve MLS attendance or uh, attendance. Uh, that's a whole other ball of wax. But uh, um, improve MLS ratings, whether you need to, you know, change different time slots, whether you need better lead-ins, better stars, whatnot. I mean, I'm trying to think of, you know, what, what would be something new to add to the mix to, uh, to make MLS better? I mean, uh, they, they tried, uh, they tried like the different rule changes in the nineties. I don't know. What, what, what do you guys think would, would improve MLS ratings? I think it, that they should put teams in huge cities and let them do whatever the fuck they want. 
<laughs> just literally on the streets of cities. <laughs> no, like I was kind like, of kind of like the joke about how they like bent the rules when uh, when basically any team from a big city joins. It seems it, like didn't they change the rules when the Galaxy joined, and then they changed the rules again when uh, NYCFC. Like like just the acquisition rules. Oh, oh yeah, you well, you think you think there yeah. should be like special economic zones for uh, for, yeah. for big city teams? <laughs> um, I do genuinely just think that if they just just like opened it up, just just open it up and stop with this targeted allocation thing, and like I'm not well, totally yeah. against salary caps, but mm-hmm. like honestly, like this the, is the it's 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 become kind of a situation. I mean, like I said, there's going to be you know roster compliance, you know, be taking effect next week. And there might be some kind of fireworks on that. We'll see. But um, for the most part, the last few years, there's kind of become a sense that money is fake in MLS a little bit Uh, that uh, like a lot of this, you know, there's been general allocation money through the whole history of the league, but that this targeted allocation money is all kind of like secret and arbitrary and decided by, you know, a bunch of bald men in a hot tub um, at the league office. And basically, yeah, they kind of do let some teams, you know, make signings that they might not let other teams, but it, I guess, I guess this is the more, you know, kind of like devious part. There's just no way of really knowing it. Everybody's kind of like, you know, doing guesswork. A lot of people just have their own spreadsheets sure. that they have at home um, that they, you know, try and figure out what's going on and then it's completely contradicted by whatever mls releases well like miami was uh like there was some trouble with you know their signing of uh uh, uh blades matuti but i can't imagine anything comes from it because they're just like well we did promise david beckham we'd let him have this yeah exactly yeah um yeah they they, they kind of just and i think that it's you know there's you know somebody somebody in the in the replies or something will would hit me over the head if I mentioned you know this online, but there's, there's some specific statute like in the MLS constitution or whatever that says literally like, oh yeah, this is all made up. Like yeah. commissioner can just decide whatever he wants if he wants to. Um, yeah. For the greater good, like we have like uh, uh, the LA Galaxy are going to get as many DP spots as they need. Right. right. I don't think that that's even a, a bad thing. It's not that fun if you're like. I was pissed as a Red Bulls fan when NYCFC showed up in New York. Like it was, it was kind of annoying, and I felt like because they they joined with who was it in Pirlo? It was Via and Pirlo. Via I was like, and well, Lampard this and Pirlo. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I was annoyed by that because I just like I liked the Red Bulls. But if you just purely are looking at it, like how do we get more people to watch? Like that's how you do it. Like like watching Zlatan play is how you do it. Yeah, I mean, and then that's, uh, I mean, Zlatan, Zlatan was big and, uh, you know, they, that's definitely still, you know, something that a lot of teams, you know, would, would love to do, but um, it's not necessarily, you know, it, like I was kind of saying earlier with like the due diligence that goes into transfers, it's something that is kind of like, there are, it's something that's not, I was going to say it, sustainable isn't the right word, but it's just, uh, it's not something you can necessarily keep a constant rhythm of because guys are old guys of that caliber are only coming to MLS in like certain circumstances and, you know, certain, you know, moments in time. And you can just never guarantee like, like the Red Bulls had, you know, this is like kind of in a, a slightly older era of MLS about 10 years ago. Um, but uh, that the Red Bulls had basically a scheme where they signed Kaka's brother uh for like three seasons um and kept him on the reserves 
in the hopes that eventually when Kaka decided he was done with Europe, <laughs> he would want to sync up with his brother here. And we just had that in our bank account for three years. Yeah. Um, it's so thing. sad. Yeah, they, they did the same thing with uh, Wayne Rooney's brother too for a couple of years. But, uh, um, but, uh, but yeah, it's, 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 it's something that is like, it's really hard to, to guarantee that that's going to happen every kind of transfer window for every team. Um, but like I said, there, they, there is kind of a sense that, um, you know, some of these mechanisms they've added the last couple of years are more or less arbitrary and the, the league is kind of opening up space for teams to, I mean, mind you, like I said, the, the, the sketchy part is that it's at the league's discretion, but um, letting, letting teams make sort of, uh, you know, out, out of limit signings if the league thinks it's for the greater good, so to speak. I, um, I, yeah. I did love having both the, the right Phillipses together for uh, those two years. Sean didn't play that much, but it was, yeah. it was still a, a delight when you could get him on the field at the same time. Yeah, Red Red Bulls are are, are the kings of uh, of bringing in family members. There's something it's right on on the tip of my tongue and, and escaping my mind because it's happened like somewhat recently. Oh, we have it's uh, we have uh, Tim Way as nephew right now. Kyle Duncan on the team. I mean, oh yeah, yeah we, I mean, <laughs> I forgot. I, I, George yeah. Way as nephew. Yeah, um, Tim Way as cousin. But yeah, um, you know, it just uh, and there's others that I, that I'm leaving out. But yeah, it's. Uh, that's that's the that's the star power that that we have we do manage to to bring in just the the brothers you know it's a good like kind of you know the the fail son brothers of of you know big superstars who just you know want to hang out in new york while they're while their you know brother does cool stuff and I, passes I, through a few times a year i count tim way as as a new york red bulls academy product but uh give nycfc no credit for geo reyna no, no, not at all. Yeah, <laughs> I've, Gio Reyna uh, spent his whole time at NYCFC planning to sign with Dortmund. Every yeah. every few weeks, he saw an article about it. Uh, the the one avenue that I always found interesting with MLS is like Mike and I argued one time, like three years ago, on a podcast about about how I thought that there was too many basketball teams, and he thought that was ridiculous. And I've since come <laughs> around on that, but. <laughs> Like MLS is kind of, if I'm going to hold to that opinion, in the opposite position where like the more of these youth academies they set up, like the better off that all of these teams are. So like the more MLS teams and whatever division mm -hmm. that can set up a youth academy and kind of like, I mean, we can all agree the U.S. soccer sucks ass right now it's really quite terrible um, we've been moved up we're ranked 20th in the world now brendan i don't know if you noticed we've no i know we're spots. not in the world cup because we, we beat oh, northern sorry, ireland not in the olympics we're not in the olympics and we didn't make the last world cup are we gonna make this world cup uh probably uh, prob probably uh, but but to, to what you're saying i mean right i mean the you know having having more and more academies and teams focusing on on developing young players is what makes the league sustainable. And that's, you know, in, you know, the, like I was saying earlier, it's, there's, there's teams that are still focused on, on bringing in big players and bringing in household name players. And that's still always going to be something that, that happens from time to time in MLS and players, you know, big players are going to come through, but um, the league has moved some of its focus more into having, um, you know, the, the cliche has kind of turned into a selling league, just have you know more and more players who 
become good enough in their prime ages to be sold on to Europe. And then that, you know, keeps the food chain running of, of transfer money coming into MLS and can, you know, improve the standards of academies and it all kind of becomes, you know, uh, one hand washes the other, but, uh, um, it does make for unsatisfying sort of like, it, it does kind of suck to see, uh, remind me who was the right back that left for Matt, Matt Miazga. Right, I, lo- right, yeah, I yeah, loved yeah. him. And then he left. And, you know, well, there's Tyler Adams, too. Well, right. I know there's been um, a, a whole slew with, of them. Well, yeah. varying degrees of success between the two of those. Right. Them, I mean, Matt Miazga is having a solid career, but, uh, you know, uh, out on like 10 different loans for, uh, okay. because that's what happen, happens if you go to Chelsea um, as far as. Uh, right. Uh, he's one of those guys where Adams. you see him, you see him. He's like you said, 10 different loans. You're like, you know what? I wish you could have just stayed. Uh, it seems like maybe. I don't want to speak for him. I was like, you might have been pretty happy if you could have just stayed in one place as well. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, there's, there's, uh, that's, that's always going to be kind of a hang up that people have about the Red Bulls, especially because even before the league did this kind of shift, um, Red Bull, both, you know, in New York and the, the kind of general football philosophy that all of the Red Bull teams, including the ones in Europe and South America, the last um, few years have developed is one that, um they they want their teams to be young both to be able to run like an intense pressing system all over the field and also be able to sell players on when they you know feel it's most economical to do that and that's that's kind of you know to some extent the nature of of modern football you know uh modern football in in capital letters um that that you know you have to um, constantly be churning and constantly be be updating your roster and constantly have flexibility and you know Red Bull kind of emphasizes that more than anybody, but um, you know there there's also you know kind of becoming a certain uh, kind of level in MLS or a level that MLS is reaching where more and more players are kind of plateauing in MLS at a you know and I'm kind of. I'm trying There's to think of how I'm going off outside my window. It's an alarm for, oh, yeah. for how mangled my, my explanation is becoming here, but it's, it's <laughs> the, um, but what I was saying is that uh, there there's MLS has reached a certain level recently where more and more players who might have, you know, themselves uh, wanted to make a move to Europe or overseas and, you know, maybe had, had European teams looking at them Um that has MLS has reached a level where more and more players both can get paid over a long-term period of time and just, you know, feel, you know, like they have more professional opportunities or at a, and are at a more prestigious professional level that they'll, you know, stay in the league for a long time, stay with the Red Bulls for a long time. Um, but, you know, at, at this point now, the Red Bulls have had, you know, some guys like Sean Davis, um, who's a local guy from Jersey, um, from the Academy and, you know, other guys like uh, Daniel Royer and Aaron Long, uh, who have you know been with the team for a while now and you know have kind of gone over that hill of their prime and you know they you know Aaron Long you know had offers you know Liverpool were trying to buy him this That's, past that yeah that that, that was the 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 biggest of the teams he was linked to I mean he was linked to a lot of a couple like you know bottom half Premier League teams and then when Liverpool had their injury crisis they're like well right. uh, Aaron Long is being pitched around like that would be fantastic for him in the short term. I mean, Virgil van Dyke is coming back. It's the only trouble. Right. Um, and yeah. And then he, uh, 
yeah, it, it was like I, I don't know. I don't know if a loan, a short-term loan, was going to be the best opportunity for him, even if it was, you know, as big as Liverpool, obviously. But the the Red Bulls turned down. Have, you know, they they've consistently turned down offers for long in the past few years, but this time specifically, they you know kind of gave quotes, you know, to some journalists that they specifically said like, you know, we could make some money selling him and that would be, you know, good for us, but he is, you know, a crucial part of the team that will help us win right now. And he's, you know, a crucial part of the locker room. And, you know, it's, it's kind of, you know, just showing that, like I said, even though that even though Red Bulls have a policy of kind of churning through guys pretty, pretty often um, they, it's not a blanket policy and that, you know, there are, you know, building block players that they value and will allow to, you know, grow old, so to speak with them. And I think it's something that we might see more and more of in MLS that, that guys don't feel um, that itch to go overseas. Maybe some teams feel need the need to, to make money, but I think maybe from a, from a player perspective, there's less and less, sense that you need to get out of MLS to, you know, have any sense of satisfaction as a player. Yeah. I mean, and I, uh, I'm, I'm glad Aaron Long stuck around. I also am glad that he now seems to be like a first choice center back with the national team too, because mm-hmm. it seems to upset people <laughs> because he's an MLS. Yeah. Oh, totally. so, uh, so people get really mad when Aaron Long starts. Um, so I, I find that delightful because I, I, I know he's good. So I don't have to Yeah, buy. exactly. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it, but it makes, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, but if, yeah, if you're not watching much of, you know, New York Red Bulls, you're, you're not seeing it. Um, and, uh, uh, and also because I know that there's a, a good portion of, uh, uh, of the fan base or of just like the, you know, uh, or in, uh, uh, the legitimate uh, MLS media um, who are just like, well, you know, the problem is that they're just not spending enough money. Um, I know that uh, uh, you, it's been a consistent thing that, that, that you've pointed out on Twitter for uh, months and months is that, uh, uh, that Jesse Marsh seemed, seemed to do pretty well with this number of resources and Chris Armas did not. Right. Yeah. And uh, um you know, that, yeah, that Aaron Long, both people, people just can't, can't accept that um, a player who is still in MLS in his prime would be, you know, top class. I mean, I, I, I happen to, you know, just, I think even, even by Red Bull fan standards, I, I happen to just think very highly of Aaron Long and think he is, you know, world-class, you know, you know, dirty word, but uh, um yeah, but yeah, people people just can't accept that, and um, you know, uh, people yeah, people just yeah, right that that you said that people you know think Red Bulls you know don't invest in the team, but they do things like you know not sell Aaron Long. You know that's that's a kind of opportunity cost right there, and he's you know kind of been bumped up to you know a salary level that you know is you know, uh, the salary level that we would be giving to, you know, the kind of theoretical, uh, you know, aging Bundesliga player or whatever that people think we should be signing instead. Um, you know, that, that, you know, the fact that Red Bull does it a different way kind of confuses people, but, um, you know, the, the proof is in the results. And I mean, over the last 10 years, um, you know, the most, Kind of successful team in MLS during the regular season, yeah, just 
it's the the playoffs that that become you know the big bugaboo and you know we'll we'll see how that keeps going in the years you know the, to come the, under new leadership but um the kind of consistency that you want to see year after year has you know always been there even even in rock bottom like you said under chris armis the last couple of years the team was still making the playoffs so yeah the playoffs it's it is remarkable just how brutal it gets when uh with you know red bulls playoff losses or just or or how quickly expectations can be dashed the one that really stands out to me is um the 20 what 2015 uh uh semifinal when uh Columbus? yeah when justin Maram scored in nine seconds right. yeah <laughs> just going like oh this is bad and that also like had, uh, hitting the the Anatola Bong hitting the post for the Red Bulls and yeah, uh, Brendan and I were Brendan and I were sitting right beside that uh, mm -hmm. or or right or right behind that. I think uh, I, I think we were uh, in in two hundred two for that, um, and um, yeah, that uh, uh, I I don't at the time I don't I remember someone saying that it might have been offside. Although there, I that was, I think was pre VAR, it wouldn't have mattered. <laughs> no right, one right, exactly. It. Um, yeah. And I mean, that they, that there's, there's been like a constant discourse, um, with the Red Bulls on whether there's the sense that you can build, whether or not you can build a team for the playoffs or not. And, um, you know, I, I happen to be of the opinion that you really kind of can't, um, you have, you, you build agree. a soccer team. Yeah. You, 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 you build a soccer team, um, you know, that that's how you know you the things that win you games in the playoffs are the same things that win you games during the regular season um you know it's it's hard to just kind of you know do that and soccer is just such an unforgiving sport you know it's it's not necessarily like some of you know because the american sports that are you know traditionally all about the playoffs are a lot more the better team wins you know what i mean yeah well uh, you know, in, a, in a in a seven game series you know with uh that too. with yeah. three of the four major sports which yeah uh soccer no one would have the time for it uh yeah. <laughs> it, would, <laughs> it would take months uh but no it, it's yeah it, it it's both uh uh it becomes a it turns into a cup competition which is by right. the way when people talk about like oh why doesn't us open cup get the respect it deserves it's like well because the playoffs are also a cup competition and sort of distract from that it but, does right. it does suck like there's a few like if there's a few sports that just like playoffs don't really match well with it and soccer's definitely one of those personally i think baseball is one of those like what the hell is the point of 162 games if we right. gotta go play more after this like it's really dumb yeah and they narrow it down to like such a small sample size and like yeah like soccer is just you know the, the and, you know, it's part of what makes soccer great and what makes makes it fascinating where you know not not only does the best team not win every time but there are teams that are just completely you know not even playing the same sport you know the level is so different and they can still just nick one goal and manage to win a game and just you know uh it's you know and it's been something that like some red bulls players in recent years um bradley wright phillips uh, was one of them who who have kind of said that you know the supporter shield the regular season championship um is is the one that you know takes more work 
um, that that you know the players you know feel more satisfaction from from winning because it just meant you had to be better over a longer period of time. Whereas you know the playoffs are you know a crapshoot, and obviously you have to be good to win the playoffs. But um, you know to to hang you know just to hang like a scarlet letter on a team for years and years because they haven't you know come out on top of that crapshoot you know, even though they make it every year is, you know, a little bit uncharitable, but, um, you know, it's the monkey that'll be on the team's back until they do it. We'll see. Um, this might be a dumb question. I'm sure this is a dumb question. Uh, is, does MLS still have unbalanced schedules? Yep. Good question for this year because they've never been less balanced. Oh no. Um, (laughs) They're they're uh, doing the, they're doing the hockey thing, right. Where it's, it's by like basically just playing regions. Kind of. Yeah. I mean, I should, I should last year was the most fucked up, but that's, you know, understandable. Um, but, uh, yeah, this, this year it's going to be not, not all that much better. It's basically going to be split conferences. I honestly don't even know why they bothered having, because like the Red Bulls are going to, I think it's like this for pretty much every MLS team this year, the Red Bulls are going to play like two Western conference teams, the first two weeks of the season. And then like never again, the rest of the year. Um, it's just going to be straight, like, you know, basically leagues um, in both of the conferences. And I don't even know why they bothered to do just those two games because we get the one big nationally televised game Sunday night uh, away in Los Angeles. Exactly. And then, and then yeah, we're done. That's, that's it. Yeah, exactly. And, um, you know, the, you know, if, if they just nixed that and just did, you know, just split leagues in both of the conferences, they could literally do like, you know, an, an actually balanced table um, and then actually award like league titles more authentically than they've ever able to been able to do before. But um, no, they're just going to have, you know, they're going to have the Red Bulls play New England and City like, you know, eight mm-hmm. times this year. And, uh, Philly and you know, yeah, yeah not, not, even, not even do it like that even in the conference. So, um, you know, that'll... That'll be unfortunate if the Red Bulls, you know, stick to their tricks and, you know, only, you know, do well in the regular season, because I don't think the regular season title is going to mean as much this year. But uh, um, yeah, I mean, that's that's going to suck. But um, yeah, I don't know. I think it does get to a point eventually, hopefully. Um, And I think I think uh, I think you kind of were getting to this a minute ago, Brendan, about, you know, just kind of expanding teams around the country and then, you know, just growing, you know, just the gross size of the league that um, eventually they'll be able to split it up into having just straight table leagues, you know, by region. And probably I think, you know, with promotion, the the way promotion relegation is going to come to the U S eventually is that MLS is going to break up into like two or three divisions of like, you know, Oh, do you really think that's something that's like possible? How many, how many teams are we at right now? It's like 28. I'm embarrassed to not be able to tell you because it's changed. <laughs> I, I like I used to I used to be I think I think a lot of MLS people are like this where like I, I I used to like know exactly who was coming into the league when you know for the next few years or whatever. But I've just completely fucking lost track. It started happening much more years. rapidly. We're at we're at yeah. 27 right now, but I don't know if that okay. includes St. Louis is next. I think. Yeah, I think you're right. Because they canceled the Sacramento team, which is another good with like with like baseball and basketball and football. Once they hit 32, I go like, yeah, it's enough. 
I, uh, MLS is like, yeah, it's like a big bank. Like, just keep adding to it till it's silly, and then we'll break this apart and do promotion relegation. I, I really think that's what's going to happen. Right. Yeah. It really seems the best way to do soccer, at least. Yeah, it, it's there. There is a clear appetite for it. Like, there's a bunch of other cities that could have MLS teams and that have these the USL teams that have huge mm-hmm. draws. Is there a team um, in Detroit yet? Uh, there's two. Uh, well, the US, USL team, right? Or is actually, there a proper no. MLS team like, yet? Detroit is, Detroit is actually like the biggest city in the country that doesn't have like a fully sanctioned pro club. They have kind of, they have like a, this renegade club, Detroit city. I think. Yeah. Is that what you're sort of like, uh, well, I was going to say they're the sort of, yeah, the kind of ultra hip one, um, that, uh, uh, yeah, they, they actually, a few years ago, I mean, uh, they, they, this sort of thing that has happened to every team where basically they're, you know, uh, their, their kits are what get them attention, you know? Um, uh, but I, I think, uh, yeah, Detroit City was uh, sort of on that uh, a while ago. I think just had really cool branding and merchandise, and I got managed to get a lot of attention that way. But there's them, and then I th- wasn't there, a, a, or there was maybe it was just when they were talking about Detroit to uh, or for MLS, and it was basically they were just going to bring in, you know, like uh, start a team from scratch, or and you know, Detroit City would just sort of be left to you know rot in a. a, a uh, I forget. They're um, they were not in USL. They were in. They were in um, I they've they've I think they've switched around because the you know the the lower the leagues below USL have kind of changed the last few years. They were in, I believe, NPSL, National yes. Professional Soccer League. But then there's also NISA, which has started recently as kind of a wanting to seed promotion relegation kind of league that they might have joined but i like i said i've 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 lost track of some of that the last the last few years because you know it's a good thing for american soccer but it's just become so much um the last few years um but yeah i think long term that 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 mls um and you know it's it's kind of been been what's been happening and the trend in mls expansion the last about five years or so is that basically teams you know run trials in usl in certain cities and if it you know if it pops off mls will you know call them up so to speak and i think you know maybe maybe they they decide because you know uh, garber the commissioner has made some you know random comments over the years that oh we're going to cap it at 30 or we're going to cap it at 32 or whatever but nobody really believes that um, and I, I think I think they really are going to expand to the point where, yeah, they break into basically kind of like triple A, double A um, or, you know, do the more traditional soccer championship league one, league two. Oh, that would yeah, be a, that would be a really know, predictable way for them to fuck it up would be them yeah. just like having like stationary triple A teams. It's like you are the triple A team instead of promotion relegation. Right. Well, well, they have, um, you know, the sort of like under 23 teams. That's what it, USL League One. Like, uh, I think they're in there. Like, uh, I, I th- is that where uh, Red Bulls 2 play? At, at this it, but actually, Red Bulls 2 have stayed in the, the USL. Top oh, oh, they're league, in regular USL. Yeah, yeah. But most, yeah, most of the, the, the MLS reserve teams have gone down a lower division. But yeah, Red Bulls, Red Bulls 2 are just, just happened to be like, um, because because of the Red Bull kind of uh, scheme of 
developing younger players just happened to be, you know, the, the Red Bulls, you know, reserve team and academy team is better than a lot of adult amateur teams. Yeah. So, um, yeah. which, you know, and, and like, that is the sort of European standard. It's not in England. Um, yeah. but, but otherwise like around the rest of Europe, like academy teams are playing in the lower divisions. Um, but, uh, and, and I, I imagine that that's what ownership would want because uh that's going to make uh all the top teams stronger but if yeah if if it does expand to 32 you know there's no way to do a balanced schedule with that because there's it's it's entirely too many games for one seat you can't have everybody play home and away tw- once why not like no. at 30 <laughs> just exhausted. We 60 just, weeks you could, later you could just have a two-year season you oh god that sounds yeah. fucking awful no i want a like a fungible season just like all right this season's over See in 10 weeks and just like whenever that happens to be. Yeah. Also, are they good. Yeah. Uh, is it, do you think if we ever, will we ever get to the point where it switches to the usual, the, the, the fault spring schedule? That I, I think they, that could happen somewhat soon. Um, I think the, I think they might keep uh, like a smaller winter break that, you know, maybe for, January and the early part of February, they they take time off because th- the travel will be such a hassle. Yeah, but um, I think there there might be a switch to adjust both both adjusting to having the league oriented more towards you know fall and spring rather than just through through a single calendar year, um, but also just kind of closing up the off season because it has especially kind of. Uh, this this off season has been especially brutal because they had the they had labor negotiations for basically the whole month of January that delayed um, the start of the year, which was already going to be pushed back because of COVID. Um, and basically, every team in the league, every coach in the league, has basically said, you know, the season starts in a week. Um, my players aren't even close to professional level conditioning yet um they've they've been out of shape for four or five months at this point and um you know i think that's kind of become uh sort of something that the league has to do something about especially with more and more players you know playing on on major international teams and being called up for that um it's becoming um an issue for that and just players are becoming more liable to get injured um you know when you have that kind of stuff happening so um, you know, I think, uh, you know, I think maybe, maybe switching to fall to spring is less likely than the league, um, just kind of expanding the time of the year that it plays games, which I think would be good too, because the league has had too many midweek games the last few years. And there's going to be a it's ton, there's going to be a ton of midweek games this year. We talked, yeah, we, uh, talked uh, about, uh, very briefly about attend, not just ratings, but attendance, but like the 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 midweek attendance like that's where, where yeah. uh like that's the the games at red bull arena that look bad are the the, the midweek games um it, it's just uh that that's one of my yeah one of my favorite sort of reddit debates everyone's just like it starts at seven who's going to be able to get there in time and yeah. <laughs> but that kind of is uh you know there there's a there's there's a truth to that you know it, oh it's um, totally true i mean i the the you know it's you know, the teams, teams lose money when they, uh, you know, have to play these games, you know, midweek and get less attendance. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, and it's just, it's just bad for the rhythm of, 
you know, both the competition and just kind of, um, you know, just the general social rhythm of soccer, just being able to talk about the last result and react to it when it's just this that, constant that's turnaround. What, that's what people have been saying about uh, the, there's no way to uh, analyze the table in uh, in in England, like this entire year, because they've yeah. basically moved it to the, their games every day. So, like, you can't really talk about the impact of one result because you don't know what's going to happen. Like, there, you, uh, you know, just like, well, we'll wait and see because you know United play in two days, and like that could change things. It, it's uh, it yeah. There's no way to 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 yeah uh, talk about it and sort of analyze it in uh, a way where if it's just happening constantly, it also makes it feel a bit less special. If it's just always happening. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's just not, yeah. Conducive to, uh, like, like exactly like you said, just making each individual's result feel important and like something that, that should be analyzed and reflected on before you move on to the next game. And yeah, I, I, I'm not, I'm not looking forward to it both from a fan standpoint and from a professional standpoint, because I'm going to have to be, you know, writing so many more <laughs> game recaps per week than I would have would have liked to, but but we shall see. I think it, yeah, it's just going to be something that yeah, like you said, MLS might be up against the eight ball or behind the eight ball all year because, um, you know, yeah, just the media discourse is going to feel uh, just sort of forced and rushed, um, you know, even more than it did last year when you know they you had to talk about you know teams having, you know, virus outbreaks, let alone, you know, being able to focus on what the results were. So. Yeah, I am. I am definitely glad that, uh, that, you know, I, I assume like, um, like baseball is doing that, uh, teams are like just being sent enough vaccines now. just like, if they hear, here they are, if you want them. Yeah, um, exactly. I think the Red Bulls, there were some guys on the Red Bulls posting this afternoon, like their, their cards or whatnot. So I think that is sort of slowly happening. Hopefully that's not an issue this year, but we'll see. Yeah. They have the Red Bulls have had to cancel like most of their preseason scrimmages. So little touch and go, but we'll see. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I did want to talk to you a little bit about your website because a bit of what we do talk about on, uh, on our show is just like the fan culture that surrounds just sports at large. And when it comes to you, there's stuff that I think about, not, not specifically with you, um, but like I think about stuff like fantasy baseball and fantasy football uh, analysts that tweet stuff like just had my son. Uh, this is welcome. Welcome. Graydon Carter. <laughs> welcome. <laughs> welcome. Graydon Carter. The world little baby Graydon Carter. And somebody's tweeting back at them. Just like, so what do you think? Muhammad Sanu or Calvin Ridley this week? And just like, there's a time and a place for this, my friend. Um, and I was just thinking if you had any like, uh, fan interactions that stood out for their for that sort of thing hmm. I even or if not even if not you personally the the the, the, the the official once a metro uh right that's what I mean. uh, account well i mean uh i the i guess the main thing that i get like kind of on my on my site email account and sometimes in in like on the site itself like in the comments or or like emailing the messaging the twitter account is people who think that i work for the new york red bulls or am a like assistant coach or scout with them and i can get them into mls oh that's good well and i i I guess i can use i can use this 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 deep this uh kind of anecdote to 
let loose that I used to work for a professional club, which will remain redacted. And <laughs> that was like 60% of the emails that ended up in my inbox was like guys from like Uruguay in broken English saying like, can you, you know, can you get me a job with, you know, Chicago Fire Soccer Club? Can you get me a tryout with Colorado Rapids? Can you get me into MLS? And I'm just like, uh, it's not really how it works, man. There's a, like, there's a, there's a line. <laughs> yeah. They're like, like I'm, I'm sure your videos are great. I'm sure you're, you're juggling videos set to, you know, Pitbull uh, <laughs> are, are just, you know, very well produced, but um, it, you know, it, it takes a little bit more before we're going to, you know, pay for a plane ticket to uh, have you come blow your ACL out. There's um, a level of earnestness to that that I kind of respect. Like, I, if it was like some dude who's like, "Hey, I will, I will make copies. I will do whatever you want. Like, get me in the front office." That sucks. But some guy going like, "Check out this juggling video. Can I play for you guys?" Yeah, I'm, well, I'm no, thirty. Like, I'm thirty-one just... years old. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. I I actually um uh with with without giving away too much here because I also I don't think it really matters. I I I put a gift together at work that's going to Jay Sugarman's wife <laughs> and I can just be like Dear, Mr. Sugarman if you read this please please bring me to Philadelphia Union I'm 33 <laughs> I, I am, but I still I believe I have a lot to give <laughs> follow me on Strava you can see I'm in shape yeah you can see on my Strava that I uh, <laughs> ran a 27 minute 5k which is okay it's not great <laughs> uh, we are about to end the show Mike do you think we should show on this video before we go I think the video, uh, I would like to see the video because I, I, I think the video is going to be bad and that's why I'm interested. Uh, a, a thing I like to do to, to most of our guests, and now you are included in that, uh, is I like to show them that the worst thing that I can find on the thing that they like, Ooh. basically. Uh, and so Ooh. in the chat, um, I've posted a watch together link. I'm going to pause the recording. All right, we're all in the watch together. I've res resumed the recording and this is titled uh, Watch MLS Players as the Game of... Uh, oh my God, this is such a terrible title. It's MLS Recast as Game of Thrones. This is from 2017. Should help you out there. Um, here we go. In between all of the MLS action we see Sunday nights on national TV, it is now time for another season of one of my favorite epic dramas, Game of Thrones. So we're just gonna go there. MLS meets Game of Thrones. Look, uh. some of these may be a stretch, but many I like that she already hates the premise. Straight for looks. It, yeah, doing Andrea really. John Snow, based on the hair, and Nat Borchers is torment. Uncanny. Oh yeah, someone else also compared Sacha Kleston to Littlefinger Peter Baelish, and David Ostead. That as one kind of works. Rude. But let's take it further. Nick Romano, obviously the Wall. Nothing gets past him. Michael Bradley, Jamie Lannister. Both just have an unrelenting warrior spirit. Kai Kamara. <laughs> Michael Bradley is a crippled man. Style combat is pretty deadly and skilled, and he is excellent in a duel. But what about some teams as houses? DC United. They are house Targaryen, once undoubtedly mighty, and now fighting to recapture some of that former glory. All right, all right. Okay. That's right. Stop there before we go too far off the deep end. That was it? But what MLS and Game of Thrones comparisons do you have for us? let us know. And to keep up with all your favorite players, 
Ostad, Ramondo, the, Bradley. It, I'm done with this. It, this actually, the, this wasn't as bad as uh, the the one, the very similar one we saw the other day, where they, uh, basically anything worked. They're just like it. Uh, this at least they found players who actually looked like characters. Although I, I'm annoyed by uh the reference to Michael Bradley's unrelenting warrior spirit. <laughs> I mean, the whole thing of Jamie Lannister is he's a rich shit. Like, that's my, his whole thing. Michael, uh, that, Michael Bradley that could has be, been that my enemy the, for years. Yeah, the meaner subtext of, <laughs> uh, of, of that selection. I actually, uh, confession, like, I, I've never, well, not never, but I, I, I don't know Game of Thrones. I oh, neither does Mike. I, yeah, no, yeah, so yeah. I don't, I don't, none of the references like land for me um, unless I've like learned it kind of secondhand through like reading, you know, Buzzfeed articles or whatever. Uh, but oh, so, so it, it's on me to tell you two how lazy that video was. It was <laughs> <Yeah>. so <laughs> lazy. There was no deeper meaning to any of that. I they actually, I thought it was going to be, I thought when I, when I spoke both, both. Yeah. When I saw the title, I thought it was going to be um, this, like there was a, I, I want to say, I can't, I can't remember what the website it was maybe bleacher report but somebody did like like a cartoon video that was like different major soccer players like acting out as game of thrones characters and i was just like uh like like they, that that's like to, to start off with what you started the show with like what's the most condescending like mls or soccer thing you've ever seen like that that's the kind of stuff that's just like oh uh, we we don't we don't need to stoop to this level to get people to like that something. oh you've is, come to the right place ben yeah when the like the, that would like air before the like champions league final uh and yeah. they're just going like how could they do this yeah <laughs> like, like like yeah like fox was like playing that before the like the the champions league final yeah I'm it like, might have been fox it might have been this? like a tie-in with their yeah champions league coverage where that was um bleacher report has built like a not uns unsubstantial following doing that they have i mean part of what we do on the show during the nfl season we watched an episode of gridiron heights do you know what that is i do not gridiron heights is their uh Mike, you explain it. I have a hard time like really getting. Gridiron the heart of Heights it. is um, it, a cartoon uh, that is set in the fictional town of Gridiron Heights, where all of the football players live. Um, and for some reason, uh, wacky things are constantly happening, and none of them are funny. Um, and it is a weekly show. Um, so they are just churning out content at, uh, a like South park, like pace. It sounds um, like, uh, so basically it's, it's that SNL sketch bear city, but with NFL players, it's yeah. <laughs> right. It, it, it's, it, it, we watch, we were watching it every week on this and it's always just stunned silence where, <laughs> because it, the jokes are so fast. None of them are good or funny at all, but it is relentless. It, it, it's like just I, yeah, that kind of like YouTube cadence of just yes. like just whatever, whatever I'm saying must make sense because I'm yelling it and very authoritative about this it. This is just like don't stop my rhythm. Yeah, right. This is like reference, 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 reference. And yeah. you just you can't keep up. And we get people on the show that are like comedians in their own re respects. And everybody, like Mike said, stun silence. Every, nobody's got a joke. 
Nobody's got a quip. It's just like incredulous silence. You can't Nobody, even react to it. Yeah. Right. It's happening so quick. You don't want to miss it. The The good thing about it is they, they usually max out at about two minutes. Not all of them, but most of them. Um, there's another version uh, Bleacher Report also does, which is what I thought you were talking about before, Game of Zones, which they have stopped doing, but that is an NBA parody of Game yeah, of Thrones. Yeah, yeah, that, it, yeah I've, I've seen that. Yeah, I have seen a few, and in comparison to, to Gridiron Heights, it is better. It's not good, but it is better. But they also are like nine and ten minutes long. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's that's where you run into trouble with even even if they're well done um but yeah i i I appreciate you guys like steering the conversation in this direction because i am uh, an employee of sp nation and i'm sure i'll be getting uh you know some kind of uh bonus in the mail in a few weeks for all right having spent about six or seven minutes trashing bleacher report that uh, always happy to do so <laughs> SB Nation is, I mean, I'm not getting paid by you guys. It is a better site than Bleacher Report. Bleacher Report is rough. Um, my favorite thing about the Bleacher Report app back at the the original direction of the show was a lot more focused on like people losing their mind over sports and like really bad tweets from like athletes and and people's like responses to those tweets and just seeing how how unhinged people get about sports basically the perfect thing for this show was that Steelers fan losing it and telling his wife that he's gonna that she's gonna find him hanging in the bathroom like that's what that's what we wanted to talk about every week. But as it turns out, you just end up you just search through that like find, you try week. to find stuff like that every week and it's just depressing. It's just bad. So yeah. the, the best thing about the Bleacher Report site to me, actually, I'm sorry. I don't actually ironically like this at all. This is the most horrifying <laughs> thing about the Bleacher Report site. I'm just so used to liking things ironically. No, it, horrifying, awful is that they had this like social media aspect to it. But it was all anonymous. Like there was no comment history. You couldn't like click a user's profile, and everybody had profiles, but you couldn't kick, click a user's profile and see all of the slurs that they have used this yeah. hour. It was just like Get coded in this fix. right. It was coded in this anonymity that, as we have learned now, does nobody any good. Not really. <laughs> it just uh, yeah does doesn't breed a great environment generally. That's, that's why I. And that's why I've developed a media platform for myself over the last few years using a fake name. There you go. <laughs> it is my dream to have a pseudonym. I, I wish I could have done all this. I had, I had always kind of looked forward to it myself. I'm kind of enjoying it now. <laughs> I have, uh, be, because my name is Michael Johnson, it's basically impossible to find me. You have to, you have <laughs> yeah. to have so many, you have to have so many other like search terms to narrow it down. The, and, and even then, it's difficult. Go search Michael Johnson, Brooklyn, New York. See how many names come up. Good luck. <laughs> you should you should pull all sorts of like credit card fraud and stuff because they could theoretically never pin it on you. Yeah, if you, if you just, use the right addresses. That, that's right. I, yeah, um, there, there's there's too much. Uh, and he could say that because that's there's too much check. Your internet's cutting out a little bit there, Mike. Um, right. Ben can say but, that because he, his well, name is not Ben Cork. Also, as far as like pseudonyms go, Ben Cork's a pretty good one. Like Cork is like, it's very concise. It's to the point. Seven letters. You can type it in quick. Um, that's a good pseudonym. Yeah. Like I said, I, I it was something it was always kind of a dream of mine to uh, develop an, an enigmatic uh, media persona. So 
um here i am uh <laughs> S- sb nation <laughs> let's go uh it is, it is a nightmare of mine i work with kids for a living and it is a nightmare of mine that like i will just come into work one day and there will be a gaggle of teenagers just going just like we found your fucking podcast dude and like no no yeah. <laughs> or not even yeah, teenagers they- just like if my coworkers found it i would just i would not want to look them in the eye i'm not embarrassed of the show but it's not for them frankly right right yeah. that that was that was my main you know uh before before i ever you know started uh you know having you know writing uh for once a metro and writing and like appearing anywhere i that was my main motivation as well for just you know having a fake name it's not like anything that i was i was doing online was that like scabrous or anything but it was just like eh, I, I could do without people knowing that i you know have an opinion about uh like targeted allocation funds well that that's that's <laughs> uh, the, like one of my more flattering opinions that i you know managed to conjure up so um yeah just don't don't need people yeah reading reading the insane things that i you know post and write on a daily basis yeah <laughs> well thank you so much for coming on uh it's a, been a great show a very de- sports dense show the show has been uh, getting away from uh, uh, from sports in general, so now uh, we've we've gone back uh, uh, to, to doing an actual sports show, and if people are disappointed in that, that's a shame. Yeah, I mean, you know, if 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 you want to, you know, just just hit that sports lever again, you know, give me a shout. I would love to love to come back. I had a good time. Yeah, Absolutely. we'll hear your analysis of the MLS playoffs. We can't wait. Well, yeah. <laughs> it's all just just have me come on and say it's all fake for yeah uh, for ninety minutes, but 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 yeah, I'd love to uh yeah uh, cool a couple months into the season we'll see how it's all going and if it's all blown up uh <laughs> but I think I don't know if everyone's getting vaccinated it should be good and um and uh looking forward uh I am fully vaccinated and I've downloaded my Excelsior pass so I'm allowed in the stadium. Wow. Yeah, I actually I got my my alligator juice, my first alligator juice yesterday. So I got one like two weeks ago. Um, My next one is in seven days. We're we're going to be we're going to be more equipped to play in MLS than MLS players. Yeah. In a couple of weeks. It's going to be it's going to be great to see when when the league falls apart and uh, we we won't even have to send emails to random (laughs) social media directors trying to get you know playing jobs will they'll just come to us they'll just they'll see me in the crowd oh i can't wait to play rec league soccer uh rec league goalie in mls i can't wait to take <laughs> whoever is tim howard still playing i can't wait to take his job he just retired and is now uh running a team in usl badly so. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah no i my favorite soccer like i really enjoyed watching him play against belgium you know it was really one of one of really well, admired the you know, work it's he did out there. In that it, game. It's something that I've talked about a lot. It's that like you're uh, like people's dreams of uh, of of being uh, like anything really uh, always have to coincide with actually being able to physically do it. Like being able to just go out and play in front of a full stadium and on television. Uh, would not suit a lot of people who probably if they could do anything they'd do that but a lot of people are not quite suited for it if 
yeah, if if I got to play for Arsenal, it would be the worst day of my life. <laughs> right, exactly. Just when, it, yeah, when you think about yeah, the pure stress of not being equipped for something that you on a on a you know in a vacuum would absolutely love to do. Um, yeah, it, it would probably not actually in in the flesh be that fun. Uh, as as someone who calls myself a right back, I would uh, I'm just I'm, I'm just imagining uh, uh, wingers at any level. Uh, most high school kids would make would make me look pretty bad. <laughs> and uh, all I could do is just uh, uh, no, I can't I, I, I couldn't catch Killian Mbappe, so it wouldn't matter. I said I was going to hack him down, but I can't I can't get close enough to him. So it yeah, you'd bounce right <laughs> off of him. Uh, Subbed off in tears. Twenty minutes in, <laughs> I would have to fake. Uh, Mike's throwing a tantrum again. I we would have to fake. Yeah, you go down, clutching your ankle, and you just point to it and shake your head, and everyone says, "Oh, he, he, something's gone." He, he's uh, he knows it, and then you and then you limp off, and that's it, and then never <laughs> seen again. Uh, speaking of limping off, that is what <laughs> we shall do now. Uh, ben, thank you for joining us. If you ever want to come back on, let us know. I'm sure we'll ask you again at some point. Yeah, I would um, love to. We, we would uh, maybe we'll have you guys on uh, on two hundred two sometime soon. Oh, we'd I would love, love that. I would yeah. feel I will get exposed, uh, not knowing as much as as you guys, but I can. I th- I think I can hold my own. No, we can <laughs> tell you guys about our failed MLS podcast from twenty fifteen. You guys will love it. Um, uh, you can I, I follow Ben. We, at, we've always at, been a near failed MLS podcast. So <laughs> you guys are doing pretty well. I think yeah. you're doing all right. But uh, but yeah, no, really, really appreciate uh, you having me on, and yeah, hopefully, hopefully, sometime soon. Yeah. Uh, thumbs up to SB Nation. Thumbs down to Bleacher Report. Have a good week, yep. everybody. Follow Ben uh, Corquino. Uh, you'll see it in the bottom of the uh, episode description. Have a good night, everyone. I tear my heart open. I sew myself shut. My weakness is that I can't do much. And my scars remind me that the past is real. I tear my heart open. Just to fail Drunk and I'm feeling down And I just wanna be alone I'm pissed cause you came around Why don't you just go home Cause I channeled all your pain And I can't help you fix yourself You're making me insane All I can say is I tear my heart open I sew myself shut And my weakness You never realized that you're drowning in the water So I offered you my hand Compassion's in my nature Tonight is our last stand I tear my heart open I sew myself shut And my weakness is That I can't do much And I scars remind us Why don't you just go home? Cause you're channeled all your pain And I can't help you fix yourself You're making me insane All I can say is
Weaknesses 